Welcome, everyone. This is the GPP podcast for budding politicos, policy wonks, and advocates. I'm Amy Heath Carpentier. And I'm Susan Craig. As career counselors in Washington University's Career Center and co-directors of the Government and Policy Workgroup, we walk alongside burgeoning policy wonks, politicos, and change agents as they chart their paths to change the world. This podcast is for you if you're interested in hearing tips and techniques that will position you to find your place in the fast-moving, mission-driven world of politics, policy, and advocacy. In the previous episode, we introduced you to a strategy for searching for internships and jobs. If you haven't listened to that one yet, I recommend doing so. This episode will make more sense if you do. We talked about targeting, networking, and using listings to identify opportunities. And today, we're going to dive deep into the first step, targeting and give you tips on how to do so. So let's start at the beginning. Why do we target? Often students start their search over winter break by looking at CareerLink or maybe going to a career fair in the spring and they end up wondering, where are the organizations I'm interested in? Why are there so many engineering firms? What about me? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Truth is, this isn't about WashU or you. Most of the organizations in government, policy, advocacy, and nonprofit don't recruit like engineering firms or businesses. They recruit either way in advance because they need to put you through their clearance process, or they recruit real time. They just don't have time to come to colleges to recruit. They don't have the resources or the bandwidth, and that's probably not where they're going to put what resources they have, often because they don't need to do so. They get plenty of great applicants that come right to them. Yeah, so there is no one-stop shop, no magic list that's going to tell you where you can get an internship. Uh, there's just no easy way to do it. You've got to put in the work. But this process is going to help you get there. So the first step, target lists. What is targeting? It's simply identifying organizations or even just job titles or functions that interest you. And perhaps the most important piece is putting it down somewhere so it's not just floating in your head. There's no one way this should look. It's not like a cover letter or resume where there's a bit of a template that you can adhere to. A target list is just a reflection of those organizations and in some cases, job titles that you find interesting. It doesn't have to look a certain way, but it does need to exist in some form useful to you. So you can continue to expand it and you can use it to organize and budget your time and track what you've done. It transforms your search from being reactive meaning reacting to whatever internships or jobs you see open up, to being proactive, keeping on top of the jobs, knowing who to network with, and seeing postings before they hit job or internship sites. So the other thing that it does is that having a target list helps to reduce anxiety and tension. If you try to hold all of the tasks, organizations, people in your brain, it really increases the cognitive load that you do donate to your search or that you and give And we all know there's search. plenty of that already in this we process. Already, we already have enough. So having a place where you can put all of your info reduces the cognitive load and the anxiety because it lets your, your brain lets go of that. Logistically, most students will use something like a Google Drive or a Google Doc, um, Google Sheets to organize their list of organizations. But I've also seen students use like a bullet journal style tracker where they're using a physical notebook, an app like Evernote, whatever. What doesn't work are open tabs on your computer. 
because my computer will sometimes randomly shut down and then there go the tabs. So that's not really an effective way to organize the target list. Plus you can't share it with anybody. Right. And that's a really, I think, big advantage to having a target list is that it gives you this opportunity to show it to people who you talk to and get their feedback on it. I think that's one of the best questions you can ask someone with whom you're networking is to say, hey, can you look at my target list? And then they can give you some feedback on organizations that you might be missing or some insights into hiring timelines, or they might say, oh, I know somebody over there. It's just a really quick and easy way to get some feedback. And it really helps them understand what you're thinking about. Okay, so now that we've established that you need to have a list, not a bunch of tabs, you might be thinking, great, but I don't know what to put put on it. Where should I start? True enough. Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, So the first thing to do is just start with your own experiences. What issues or activities really energize you? What classes have intrigued you? What issues do you follow in the news? What do you care about? Oftentimes, students are engaging in philanthropy or following someone on Twitter or reading books about things without really thinking about how they could pursue that work in the field. So just start there. You might be surprised by how easy building the list is once you put your experiences into this more like career-oriented framework. It's just an extension, right? It's an extension of your interests into the world of work, taking it outside of the WashU bubble. Yeah. And Amy, why don't you talk about the parking lot? Sure. So I also recommend that you create a parking lot. So you may not always want to go to that Google Doc or that, you know, add something right away to your list, right? Because that should be kind of a a bit of a, a an ending place for places you have <laughs> decided are important. So you might want to have a parking lot, a, 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 some kind of resource for people, places, ideas that you want to assess before you add them to your target list. So if you're listening to a podcast while making dinner and they mention somebody or some organization you haven't heard of before, you can quickly add it to the notes app in your phone, or you can scribble it down on a little notebook that you walk around with all the time. Something that you can always have with you is important. And also think about where you have it with you. So I'm in the car during normal time more than I should be. (laughs) So having something that I can quickly make a a note physically on rather than having to type into a phone is really important. This might lead you to new ideas having that parking lot. Maybe, you know, maybe you just get a few ideas, but it helps you move forward. What do you like what is a good sized list? So ideally you want to have more than three things on your list, right? Sometimes students come in and they're like, okay, I applied to these five places. And I'm like, all right, we need to, we need to up that a little bit. There's no magic number though but you should have enough that you have options and it should go with you over the years. So there should be some aspirational things on there. It can be what you don't want is it for, for it to be so big. It's unwieldy and intimidating. Like it's not a target list if you have 50 things on it, because (laughs) that's not prioritizing or targeting. It's also not a target list. If you have like the white house and the Hill, Exactly. (laughs) that's like a little too aspirational and broad really broad. So like, if you're going to target the Hill, you need to target specific lawmakers, right? Like if you're going to target um, a city government, you need to target specific, you know, departments within that, right? So that's more, more targeting. And you might start with around five and that's fine. Mm -hmm. That's fine. And then you want to expand the list. And there are a number of ways to do that. So one is that, you know, in the Canvas website, we have spent considerable amount of time 
putting resources in there to help you target because we find targeting to be one of the most important things you can do for the search. So you can look up things on ed policy, political consulting, NGOs, think tanks, and you can start to do that work. Yeah, we've got a a wealth of resources there. I feel like um, it's underutilized, but there's so much to work from. So check it out. And then I would say the next place to look is LinkedIn. You can search for the organization that you're interested in. Um, You can look at their employees and see where else have they worked before they worked at this, uh, you know, aspirational organization. There's also a column on the right-hand side. If you're looking at organizations that would say these, if you like this organization, here are some similar ones. So for instance, um, if you type in Planned Parenthood, the ACLU, the Center for Reproductive Rights, the Human Rights Campaign, those will all appear on the side. And voila, you've already got three more organizations to add to your list. And one thing to remember about that is that LinkedIn is not uh, sensitive to politics. So you'll have to look into those organizations. I did a a search a couple years ago on immigration and found that when you go down that rabbit hole with LinkedIn, organizations from many sides of that debate. So just be aware of that. But that is also a good way. I mean, I know a lot of students are kind of hesitant to use, they kind of think you're stalking people or they're reluctant to connect to people. And you don't have to be doing any of that in in doing this research. You're still just, you're not making connections. You're just doing a lot of digging, which is very helpful. And it's still not, uh, it's maybe like a little less intimidating to folks. Yeah. And it's active job searching, but it's reconnaissance, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not, you know, which is great, right? Easy, easy. So lastly, you want to talk to people. Students on WashU campuses are spending their summers doing amazing things. And I remember um, um, having, you know, every several times we've had think tankers come in and talk to us mm-hmm. about their jobs. And they always, you know, they bring up, Tom Finan brought up, you know, lateral networking. Network with the juniors and seniors who've landed great internships in the past. Ask them to tell you about it. I can't tell you how many times I've done a LinkedIn search with a student during an advising session only to turn up a fellow student they sit next to in physical class. Oh my gosh, Um, that happens to me all the time too. (laughs) Or they know them through a club or it's their big from their sorority and they didn't even know they interned at the place they want to intern at. Right. You all are amazing. And you'll, you know, you're flattered when someone asks you. So go there first. Share it with us during a GPP session or during my, Amy's quick advising hours. Show it to your professors. Having a concrete list that you can hand to someone really helps jog their memory, you know, and it helps them to, to be more helpful to you. It's also not a bad way to direct those overeager family and friends who want to help you, but inevitably give you bad or hyper intimidating (laughs) leads. Manage up. Give them a list of the top 10 and say, if you happen to know anyone here, this is what I'm looking for. It shows that you're ahead of it, that you're being proactive, right. which is ultimately what they're looking for as you're someone who has a stake in your game. And also it gives them and directs them to how to be most helpful to you. Perhaps the most important advice we can give. <laughs> exactly. How to manage your family and friends. So in our next episode, We'll talk about networking more in depth. Um, But if you take our advice and begin networking with your peers as you're seeking to build a target list, the next step will not seem very daunting. Until then, keep working to imprint your world.